This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. This program is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge, sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation. Welcome to the Bridge Zone. You're at the table with Barry and Mariana. We have finally made it to the studio today. There has been hiccup after hiccup. Couldn't get to the studio this morning and my friend here is sleeping and also wearing gumboots. So he waltzes on in here, slings his legs up, on the counter in the studio and shows me his red bands. Very stylish they are too, folks. <laughs> I might get somebody to post a photograph of them on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so we have had a busy day today and it hasn't started off too smoothly, but we are hopeful that tonight we're going to squeeze in the session of the Bridge Zone. And what number are we up to, Barry? 140-something. I've lost oh my count. goodness me. Yeah, so he got stood up this morning. I arrived at the studio, no Mariana. Honest to God, I actually, she was a bit worried. I thought, 140-something episode. She's never not turned up and not, <laughs> well, actually, she couldn't have gotten to me because the day started badly. I'd left my phone home. Yeah. I get here, she doesn't turn up. She can't ring me even if she wants to. <laughs> so I tried to ring her on this phone and no reply. No. In it, the end, I went down to the cooperative bank to see where she was. Well, I told you what the address was last Last week, 2 bar 36 Price Street, Hamilton. Come on down. <laughs> I already knew where it was. <laughs> anyway. Here we are. So getting on to bridge. We've, We've got some results. And also, I want an apology. An apology? Yeah, from you. From me? Yes. But I never do anything wrong. Oh, come on. I am still waiting for the addresses to send off Kim Fraser's book to the winner and also for the name of bridgezoneshuffle at gmail.com to flick off that little prize too. It's a very good point. It is possible that I may have erred slightly there. (laughs) Erred? (laughs) Turd? (laughs) Anyway, very successful Easter Congress at Auckland. Yep. They ran a great event. It was great food, great company and just good to be playing at a Bridge Congress again and Lots of people, forty tables in the in the teams, and I think it was thirty nine in the pairs, wasn't it, or something like that? Something with the, like with that. With the two events, great numbers. It was lots good. of people. There was standing room only. I heard you had a bet with Nigella. I did. And, and there's a bit of a, a protest. Yeah, I think we need you to adjudicate. Yes, two dollars up to make the playoffs. Is that right? Well, to make the top ten. To make the top ten, to get into the playoffs? To make the top ten. That's the dispute. Just to make the top well, ten. Well, that's the dispute, you okay. see. I said top ten will make the playoffs, because that's what usually happens. But because right. there were such big numbers, when we get there, we find out Patrick said top 14. Oh. So we snuck into the playoffs, qualifying 11th out of 14. And I sent Nigella a text and said, aim is to get to 10th tomorrow. Right. Which we did. Of course. Yes. And now he's saying, no, 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 no. He's, he's, trying, to, he's trying to renege on his 2000s and say, no, no, you had to qualify 10th. Who oh. cares who qualifies 10th? Nobody remembers who qualifies 10th. It's who finished there that matters. <laughs> anyway, 
Well, so that was um, that was the team. So they had forty teams, and it was taken out by the Wibbly team, which was Michael Wibbly and Matthew Brown, Mike Cornell and Ashley Bark, the team that wins everything. Yep. And they won by something like twenty-five VPs. Second team were Claire Mao and Wayne Burrows, Gary Chen and John Wang. Hmm. Some names that are doing pretty well lately. Now, Mike Cornell in his victory speech had some interesting comments to make. Oh, what did he say? And he had some sympathy from some people and probably not from others. He said, oh, look, I think we play too many boards in New Zealand. Not particularly this Congress or this tournament, but any tournament, we play a lot of boards. And in New Zealand, we do play a lot of boards at our tournaments. And, right. um, I, you know, compared to overseas. So I added it up. We, if you played in the teams and the pairs and you made the final, you ended up playing around... 200 boards for the weekend. Exactly 200 boards. Cool. Th- over three days. That's quite a lot of bridge. And, so it, you know, is it more, you know, you're definitely getting value for money? Yeah, well, that's the way that the people who like lots of boards look at it. Right. Uh, but then there's people who think, look, it's better quality if you just play less boards, but you... You, you play them well and you don't play late into the night or well, not that we really did but I mean you know you can finish earlier and go out for dinner and or to the bar Mariana <laughs> Hey what time did you finish on um, Sunday then? Oh, I don't know I think it was probably between 6 and 7 probably closer to 7 than 6 Right and it mm. probably was dark because of daylight saving Well it was it was so so it is getting a bit and then you've got to go home and have dinner and you know you want to yep. wind down so People who argue for less boards are saying it's it's a bit more social, and that's what Mike was saying. You have time to talk to people and that sort of stuff. Aren't we better to do that than to be sort of slogging it out to get all these boards in? Well, what do you think? You know, so they obviously did well when he brought that up as a comment. Yep. So what about the people that don't do as well? What about if you're not having a good day at the office and you're down, you know, nearer the bottom end of the tournament and you're having to continue to slog away. What do you think they feel? Do you think they would like to see less boards or do you think they just, you know, I paid on plan and the next board yeah, might be a yeah, good one? Yeah, there's more chances for glory. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we would like to know. So, hey, yeah. I mean, this is not a an official survey, but if anybody wants to email us in what they think about tournaments, or maybe people who don't play tournaments but would if they were less boards or people that do play tournaments but feel like sometimes it's just, just too tough and there's too many boards. I mean, either way, we'd love to hear or anybody mm. who says, well, I want to play more boards. That's right. So yeah. Barry actually asked Judge Julie. Yeah, so and- she's going to – we'll hear her view on it. Yeah. Mm. So – Anyway, what's that email address again, Mariana? Bridgezoneshuffle at gmail.com. Did actually anybody comment when he said that? Somebody said, hear, hear. Oh, really? <laughs> but there was only one person, so I don't know what the general feeling was. Yeah, just interesting subject. How much is too much? Coming up next, we're heading off to the courthouse. Director, please. How can I help? Judge Julie presiding. Court's in session. Okay, Julie, how much is too much is the question. Just talking about the number of boards we play. There's a little bit of talk over the weekend, not particularly about this weekend, but about every tournament. Do we play too many boards in a tournament? And for some players, well, particularly even newer players or older players, playing a lot of boards is quite hard work. What do you think? Well, it's an interesting question because recently New Zealand Bridge has changed the number of boards that you need to play. So, for example, in a 10 tournament... It used to be 72, but now I think we can come down to 60. Five A's used to be 72 and then 60, and I think we're down to 48. I'm not 100%, I haven't looked at the legs recently, but New Zealand Bridge has changed 
the number of boards that are required. This means we get more master points per board, so there's some inflationary stuff there, but it's also interesting about what we do because different parts of the country with travel, and I'm involved with travel, definitely need more flexibility in the amount of bridge that is being played. If you're a long way away and people have to travel a long time like we did in the South Island, we played 36 board sessions, could be three hours 72. It's a pretty tiring and long day if you intend not to spend money to stay overnight. So there's lots of factors that are going to hit us with this. And the other one, of course, is what do the players want? It's an interesting question because we've had some people's response, what a good idea, playing 60 boards. But is it? What do people want? What do we expect for our day out when we play bridge? Who wants what? And I don't think any of us really know. I know Patrick asked for feedback. We don't really care about things too much. It's not just what the players want. It's also what is required for comfort for people travelling, what is required for staffing, the room, whether we're playing one day, two days or whatever. We do ask what people want. And I know when we were younger, we used to see who could play the most boards. I would finish playing at Congress. I think I could fall asleep on my feet just about <laughs> after playing at Congress. But we enjoyed playing all that time. And that was three sessions and we finished late at night. Nowadays, we finish earlier and we're all getting older. But is it what we want because we're getting older? Or is it what the younger people want? Or what do we want? And we don't know. The other thing is New Zealanders play fast. We play very quickly by a lot of standards. And we can't really slow our players down. It's a rhythm that we get into. And there is a thing about the number of boards we play that determines the result. If you ask good players, do they want to play short matches or long matches in a team's match, I think most would say long matches. It improves the chances that the better players will win because they will get better over a long period of time. And the odd lucky seven no trumps or something that people did and land on their feet with, you can cope and you can you can cope with that and you can do things about it. In peers tournaments, the more boards we play, the more likely it is that those better players are the ones that will win. So what do we want? Mm, what were you saying, Julie, about Congress earlier, that they play how many boards in a week were we playing, you know, back in the day? Five or six hundred, was it? Well, that's probably between about 540 to 600, I think. I mean, we had the interprovincials at the start. We played the two days before the Congress started, and then we played the eight days of Congress. I do remember in my youth not actually going to bed one night when I was playing the individuals the next day. <laughs> not something I'd ever do again, I don't think. But <laughs> so, we do. I mean, so 600 boards, I mean, they make your head explode, Mariana. Okay, oh, well, it's, it's really a tough one, isn't it? It's just very hard to... You're not going to please all of the people all of the time, but I think particularly newer players maybe find it pretty tough to go along and play 72 boards in a day <laughs> when they're only used to playing one session at a time. I'm always curious about these statements about new players. Why is it that new players nowadays are so much less capable than new players were when we were new? I don't I don't think that there's anything special, especially different about people. So we 
always get told about how we're protecting other people. I would really love to know what people themselves actually want, not what people think other people want. Mm. Maybe we could try and get a survey or something started about it. That would be interesting. Or maybe they're not used like you were and stay up all night and play cards. (laughs) Seriously, I mean, we have people, like we did on the weekend, who say, this is what I want, which is great. Save Blanc. (laughs) I said, are you talking Save Blanc? No, no, I'm not talking Save Blanc. So many people say, same with beginners, same with everything we do, these people would like this because, but why don't we just ask them and find out? We don't though, do we? No. Yeah, you're right, we don't. So we do need to, part of the trouble is of course, the people we want to talk to might not even be at the tournament because maybe we're not doing what they want, I don't know. So asking the ones who are already there is obviously not the best way of finding out, is it? You can survey people that play junior tournaments and intermediate tournaments or 8B tournaments about Mm. why they don't play or what they would like to play and what they would like to see. Mm. You can always ask those questions. Mm. Or you could survey club players and ask the ones who don't play tournaments what they'd like, what what would make them play, I suppose. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because when you play at a club and you're playing socially, why do we always think that these people will want spend the weekend at a bridge table and I equally I don't know no argument there but we do have quite a reasonable proportion of people that come along and play like all sports in New Zealand where they come along and they enjoy playing that sport and the things that they have but they don't desire to be top of the pops so to speak mm. right. so you know interesting okay Got thanks that. for that thanks for your two cents worth <laughs> Yeah, or my 20 cents, whatever. Okay. All right, well, have a good night. Wow, I never. Had a funny story, too, about Richard Solomon. Uh Uh-oh. He has been having a bit of difficulty. (laughs) Now, you just be careful of the gatekeeper there. (laughs) You know Bradley, our friend Bradley Johnston? He has a shaved head these days. You would have seen that. He has a shaved head. I haven't. Well, do you know Paul Carson? Yes. He has a shaved head. Right. Well, that's been giving Richard a problem. Oh. He apparently was playing all day against Paul Carson. Or he played a, a, a match against Paul Carson down in Wellington or somewhere. And later on, he ran into um, Bill Humphrey. And right. he said, oh, who are you playing with? And he said, I'm playing with Paul. And he says, well, you know, I, I played against Paul earlier and he, he wasn't playing with you. I, I, who was he playing with? He said, no, 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 I'm playing with Paul. And he confused Paul and Bradley. <laughs> so he's having a bit of an issue telling him apart. Now, they don't actually look like twins, and apparently there is now a photo with Richard in the middle and Paul and Brad on either side. <laughs> so anyway, when you can't tell one bridge player from another... He needs to go to Specsavers and upgrade those glasses of his. <laughs> I hope he knows his aces from his kings if he doesn't know his Brad's from his Paul's. <laughs> Oh, Richard. But however, there's another funny story that happened over the weekend too. You know Jenna and Christine Gibbons? Yes. Well-known mother-daughter combination, Mm -hmm. played bridge for New Zealand many times. Apparently they were uh, mistaken for sisters at the weekend. Oh. Which Jenna wasn't. She's the daughter. Overly. (laughs) Overly impressed with that. (laughs) Although funnily enough, Christine didn't seem bothered by it at all. You know she's never going to sub for you ever, ever, ever. <laughs> she's not. She's not. So I might as well burn my bridges. 
so there you go anyway the other thing i heard like in the teams this is an interesting thing and it applies to club bridge as well there were some of our top players that didn't make the cut for the team's final and there were quite a number of them actually you know i heard somebody saying we probably should have a bit of empathy for people that do that i think what happens in a lot of cases when the top players miss out people just say oh that's really funny you know mariana didn't yeah. make it or whatever it's not I mean, it's pretty tough on those players. They're probably finding it hard enough already. You know, I don't think it's a good idea to sort of... There should be a bit of sensitivity, I guess, if, if good players... You know, how often you see, oh, what are you doing here? You know, to these people that are down right. in the... You know, this is not a very nice thing to say, really. So, you know, just just think about it. If that was you and you, you're a good player and you're always a thereabouts and you've, whatever, you have fail, the last thing you need is somebody putting the boot into you when they see you at the bridge tables. There you go. I am be a, a sensitive... bit more sensitive. I am a sensitive new age guy, Mariana, more than Sitting you ever Sitting there with thought. your gumboots. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, right. So there was quite a... A swing, really, in the result. Yeah, it was just a bit of an unusual. It does happen. I mean, you know, look at the New Zealand pairs any year you like. There's always some of the really top pairs that don't make it. Mm. It just happens because pairs is a bit like that. Well, bridge is a bit like that. There's always going to be, you know, the the top pairs won't always make it. And some of the pairs that you don't expect to make it will. I did see that our friend Grant Jarvis did okay again. Yeah, so he was playing with a young guy. My 3.30 dropped to the bus depot boy. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Just 17 years old. So Grant Grant Jarvis and Leon Mayer took out the pairs. Second were Malcolm Mayer and Michael Weir. And we had an unusual format again. Patrick ran his format where he has a north-south field and an east-west field. I want to talk Mm -hmm. about that in a minute. So the east-west direction, Brian Mace and Tom Jacob won. Second were Claire Mao and Wayne Burrows. Right. Overall, Grant and Leon had the highest score. Although they uh, run as two separate tournaments, the overall winner was That's pretty cool. Mr Jarvis has been doing extremely well, hasn't he? He has indeed. He's clocking them up. He he did say that this won't be Leon Mayer's last tournament win. He reckoned there'll be many more to come. Yep, Leon's actually a chess player too. Okay. Yeah, so he loves playing that game. So him and Jack James, I guess, is gonna gonna be having some sort of partnership somewhere. And I see he paired up with Jeremy as well. So all that circle of young youth players that are going to be bouncing around the countryside, they're all going to be playing and switching. So no, good to see. Proud to say that I was part of that. I even mentioned it to husband. Do you remember that chat that I had to get up first thing in the morning to take him to the bus stop? Yeah, I said he did jolly, jolly well. Let's go off to the pond. What's this? It's Kermit's Bridge Tips with Pam Livingston. Hello, Kermit. G'day. What have you got for us this week? This week I've got my... Third and final little piece of the guiding principles to fall back on in a bidding situation. So the third one is, if a bid can be natural, then it is. Once again, we're talking about unfamiliar situations where we're not on firm ground. And example of this is if you agree to play a multi-two diamonds with someone, the auction has become a bit murky and you're not sure whether a bit of a major is asking or a bit of a major is showing or whatever. So a guiding principle there when it's all murky is if a bid can be natural, then it is. If you haven't agreed that it's artificial, then it's natural. 
So now we've got our three guiding principles in this situation, and they are if a bid could be forcing, then it is. If a double could be for takeout, then it is. If a bid could be natural, then it is. Three good ones. (laughs) Good general principles. Every partnership needs good general principles. Those are three good ones to start with that you can use even with a partner that's maybe not so familiar with you. And even more so with a partner that you're not that familiar with. Yes, that's right. There you go. That's going to sort out a few difficulties when you're sitting there staring at the ceiling, looking out the window, thinking, what on earth does that mean? It's probably probably natural. And I did have that experience on the weekend at the wonderful Easter tournament. Congratulations to the winners and place getters, but also to Auckland Club for running such a great tournament. They always do a great job, and they had big numbers there this week. It all went pretty smoothly. Yeah, Yeah, great. And next time you come on, please don't frighten me, Barry. Just before we started recording, Barry said, I'm sitting here in my gumboot. And I I thought he meant that's all he had on. So please, Barry, next time. <laughs> I'm speechless. So I've spoken I. about speedos, Pam, and now you've brought up gumboots, but picture him in gumboots and speedos. Oh. oh my goodness. I think it's time we moved on. We'll talk to you next week and we'll keep off that subject. Yes, okay. Thank you, Pam. Catch Kermit next week for another tip. See you. Okay, so now the, this new Pierce format is interesting. So Patrick has been running, the director has been running it. So instead of having different sections yep. where you play, if you are north-south, you're north-south all day for three sessions. And you play every pair that's sitting east-west. There were 29 tables. You played all 29 east-wests over three sessions. Yep. And the east-west people obviously played, played all, all the north-south. North south, yep. And so what that meant was you were only competing against people that held exactly the same cards as you held. Mm. and they played against exactly the same people that you played. So I suppose you could argue that it's a bit fairer, isn't it? Yeah. I was talking to Patrick about it, and he said, well, you wouldn't want all tournaments to be run this way, and particularly you could only really do it when the numbers are quite big. Big, you yeah. Know? It is quite an interesting way to run it just for a change. Mm. And basically you've got two tournaments going on. Did he get some feedback on that particular... He did run it apparently in something that he had recently that I was an ass, and, and he got really good feedback from it so he thought he'd do it again oh it was um, the Bell Taylor oh okay and they must have had big numbers there because mm, he, he did that's that right. so, yeah. so I don't know whether he's got Queen's Birthday Congress coming up I didn't talk to him about whether he's likely to mm. run it again but if the feedback's positive big numbers perhaps he will well one thing because I couldn't quite work out what the percentages were because that was like you know 788.24 so I got the gist of who was coming first, second and third and fourth and I got the north, south and the east, west but the actual percentages I couldn't work out. What's behind that? Uh, that was match points. That was the number okay. of match points they got. Now I don't know quite how that happened because when they started off they did have percentages for the first two right. first two sessions. so we got 53% and 54% or something and then 54% in the last round. When it came out as a final result, it was all match points. I don't know why it is, was scored mm. that way. but um, And the other thing yeah. that when I was stalking you, I couldn't get the results of the teams. Not the results. I could get the results of the teams, but I couldn't click on to see who was in the team and I couldn't find out who you guys played and what team was doing. You know, the results wasn't there. So maybe there was a technical glitch. 
Ooh, I've had that comment from somebody else too. It does seem like <laughs> I don't really want to criticise them because they ran such a great. Oh Congress. no, no, I'm but, not. It's just like you know, we would like to have access to this. When, we, I know, it, but it does seem like the Auckland Bridge Club site is not that great. Oh, am I going to be in no, trouble? No, no, just yeah, user friendly, but yeah, there could have been yeah. a hitch. Yeah, you know. So it does seem to be a bit of an issue with it. Maybe that's something that we could ask them about. Yeah, just maybe say yep. because it's got some great boards in there that you would like to see, and it's interesting. The Monday pairs, they had a consolation pairs on the Monday, yep. and the winners were Alan Dormer and Ray Kingston North South. Nice. And then they obviously had another East West field as well, yep. and the East West winners were Peter Ramsey and Noel Woodall. Oh, wow. So they went East West. So, yeah, great. That was the end of a great weekend. What did you get out of the weekend, Miriam? I haven't got the winner of the 8B pairs. Oh, that was uh, Leah Andrews and Graham Wakefield. Yep, they so. did really well. They had good, solid sessions. Interesting, the morning session of the 8B, Barry, 13% between the top score and the bottom score in the morning session. Oh, that wasn't much, was it? No. So the top score, I believe, was 57. <laughs> the so bottom score was 44. 44. Okay. Not so, much yeah. movement there. So even if you were last, you still had a chance. You still had a chance. Mm. So Jessica and I, we played, pulled out, oh, what was it? I think 52 average. So we did 47 and then a 55.7, something like that. So much better. You can see some progress. So I was sort of happy with that. Mariana, I've got a new hand shape that you need a name for. A what? A hand shape. You know, the albatross and oh, the swan? Yep, yep. I saw a swan on the weekend with the opponents at it, actually, but they had yep. a swan. They opened their swan, which was, that's 1147 shape it was, this one. So they opened it five clubs. And oh. the, their partner raised to six clubs. Wow. And that made. Um, but I also had this hand, and what, what do you call it? I know if you've got two eights and you're playing bingo, they call it two fat ladies. Well, I had two sixes. Two sixes. I had six spades and six diamonds. Yep. And? Well, it was tricky. I opened a spade, Mm -hmm. and then I rebid diamonds, and then I did bid diamonds again, hoping that I'd get a chance to bid diamonds one more time, and partner would know that I had six of each. Were you west? I was south. Then my partner finally asked me how many aces I had, and then she bid six no trumps. Oh. And I can tell you, I did not like that very much no. with six six shape. I really wanted to play in one of my suits. Six no trumps she managed to make, and she was actually right. Six spades, we had a spade fit, a six two spade fit, including the ace king queen jack. But one person had five to the ten. Ooh. So although it said you could make six spades, I'm pleased I wasn't put to the test because <laughs> <laughs> it looked pretty difficult to me when I could see all four hands. Six six. Okay, listeners, when was the last time you had some really weirdly shaped hand? And would you like to email us at bridgezoneshuffle at gmail.com? Yeah, we'd like to hear about one of your weirdo hands. Okay. 661. Is it something to do with, with Route 66? That's right, we were. We were talking about an eagle, perhaps, <laughs> because it's an American oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. icon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's an eagle. How's those beginners' classes going? Oh, right. I've got them again tonight. We're doing responders' bids. I've had people away. I've had two people away on holiday. Seems to be good. Got a good, solid little group. Any rising stars in there, do you think, or is it too early to tell? I do have one. Ooh. He's very, very keen, and he told me on the very first night, and this is when we're playing Mini Bridge, that bridge is easy and he's going to write his own system. Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you might have your work cut out there, Mariana. Oh, yes, and we started playing some hands last week, so we did opening bids and da-da-da last week, and he, and he came out and he said, um, it is a bit harder than I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but I think he's going to be one of the good ones. There's about four of them that are just taking to it like a duck to water. I'm going to give them their folders and their information today, and I've already had one person ask me how much it costs. No one asks how much it costs, Barry. Who does that? Nobody. You're they right. They all hope and pray that you never bring it up. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Bridge Zone, and we'll catch you next week. New Zealand Bridge, sponsoring bridge from beginner to international, nationwide. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.